Well, good morning, everybody. How are we doing this morning? Great. Online? How are we doing online? Thumbs up. Awesome. Great, I'm sure. Uh, welcome to PBC again. My name is Dan. I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, and I just have to say, it is, it's such a gift to be here worshiping with you this morning. It's so awesome to uh, see a portion of all of your faces and to know that many more of you are joining online. Uh, it really is renewing to my soul this morning. You know, I had one of those moments a little while back where there was this realization that something is not quite right. Maybe you've had one of these moments recently as well. For me, it came when we had our community group over one Sunday evening, and uh, I was grilling some chicken for the group. I, I had just gotten a new grill. This was probably the second or third time that I had used it. Um, and uh, so I was, I was still learning a little bit, but I had the chicken on the grill, it's a wood pellet grill, so smoke is kind of part of the deal. You know, that's kind of the point. But a little while in, Lindsay looks at the grill and she says, that's kind of a lot of smoke. And I'm like, I look over, I'm like, don't worry, you know, every, everything is fine. And everything was fine. It was great. Finishes, uh, finish the chicken, I pull it off the grill and I turn up the heat to burn off all of the grease. A few minutes later, one of the kids goes, that's a lot of smoke. And I look out and this time it was a lot of smoke. <laughs> So I, I, I go over there, I open the grill, and the whole thing is just like a ball of flames. Now, I wouldn't have been too worried, except for the fact that the grill was about a foot from our fence. And I thought, there's a chance this thing catches our fence on fire. So I go and I run and I grab a fire extinguisher. Thankfully, by the time I got back, the flames were dying down, and in just a few seconds, they were out. I didn't even ruin the chicken, which was the best part. Maybe you've had one of those moments sometime recently where it's like, something is not quite right. You open up the grill and there's a ball of fire. Something is not quite right. Or maybe for you, it's, it's been even worse. It's, it's this realization that actually something is terribly wrong. You know, you don't have to be too in touch with reality to recognize that many, many things in our world are not quite right. That many, many things in our world are, in fact, terribly wrong. Just all that's going on in our world. We, we, we think of Afghanistan. I'm sure many of us have seen pictures of, of planes packed with people, hanging, hanging onto planes as they're taking off, trying to get out of Kabul. Right? Something is not right here. 2,000 people plus dead in Haiti after this earthquake. Right? Something, is, something is broken. Something is not right. 18 months of a pandemic right, with, with, with no clear sense of when this is going to end. It's easy to recognize that, that something is not right, that this world is, is not working as it's supposed to, as we long for it to be working. It's interesting to, to notice the way that people respond to this realization, the, the way that people respond to the fact that the world is not as it should be. Some people, they, they, they kick into fix-it mode. Right? It's just a bug to be fixed. And so we go about coming up with our solutions to fix the problems that we see. Some people are just driven to despair. Right? Like, I, 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 don't, know, I don't know what to do. What, what hope do we have? Jesus would have us do something different, though. When, when faced with the brokenness that we see in our world, Jesus would have us get down on our knees. He would have us pray. And in fact, he gives us a prayer. He gives us a very specific prayer to pray 
when faced with the brokenness of our world. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Last week, we started a four-week series on the Lord's Prayer. These powerful, famous words that Jesus gives to his disciples and that he gives to us in order to teach us to pray. Last week, we looked at the first two lines. This week, we're going to look at the second two lines, those lines that I just prayed. I gave a challenge to us last week that, that we might take prayer seriously, intentionally, over the four weeks of this series, that we might give ourselves to prayer every day and specifically give ourselves to praying the Lord's Prayer every day. So I want to invite you to stand up, and we're going to pray this prayer together again. The words will be on the screens uh, if you'd like them. Otherwise, you can close your eyes and let's pray these words together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And be seated. Well, I said we're going to be looking at the, the second two lines in this prayer. These lines come in Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. Uh, before we get there, just a, a reminder of kind of the structure of the prayer. Last week we saw that, that this prayer starts with an address, our Father in heaven. Uh, and that's followed by a series of six petitions. The first three of these are kind of vertical. They're, they're directed to God. We're asking God for things having to do with him. The second three are more horizontal, kind of thinking about the, the needs that we have in this world. So last week we looked at the first of these, hallowed be thy name, a request that God would make his name holy. And today we're going to look at the next two requests that are kind of oriented towards God. So Matthew 6, uh, verse 10, again, goes like this. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is two different requests, two different petitions. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. But these two things are actually asking for the same thing. Luke 11, the other place where this prayer shows up, actually only includes five of the six requests that show up in Matthew and the one that Luke omits is, thy will be done, because it's a, it's a little bit redundant. Matthew's fleshing that out a little bit uh, to fill it in for us a little bit. But th thy kingdom come, thy will be done are essentially asking the same thing. Slightly different nuances, but they're asking the same thing. This becomes apparent when we think about uh, the, the nature of the kingdom of God. When, when we understand what the kingdom of God is. Now, this is, this is a little bit of a fuzzy concept for, for most of us, to think about the kingdom of God. What exactly is the kingdom? Uh, here in America, we don't have a king. We don't have a queen. So it's a little bit uh, even harder for us than our brothers and sisters across the pond to kind of understand this. Thy kingdom comes, thy will be done. What exactly is the kingdom of God? I think Frozen could help us here, right? You're familiar with the, the Disney movie Frozen, uh, no, I've been seeing a head shaking. I think you're familiar. You just, you're, you know, why is he talking about Frozen? Stay with me, okay? Anna and Elsa, these princesses in the kingdom of Arendelle. 
uh, Elsa becomes the queen, and that's going to become the catalyst for uh, something bad that happens. Because as the queen, she doesn't quite know how to, to control her icy powers, and so she ends up freezing the entire kingdom and, and locking them into an eternal winter. You see, the, the queen is the one who's in charge of the kingdom. And so the queen is the one who determines what happens in the kingdom. Okay? So now let's think about the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God, God is the king. God is the one in control. God is the one who determines what happens in his kingdom. And so uh, as the one in charge, he's the one who gets to set the rules. So the, the kingdom of God we could think about as, as the sphere in which what God wants to happen, happens. Dallas Willard, a philosopher and theologian, defines the kingdom of God as the range of God's effective will. The range of God's effective will. That's, that's fancy philosopher talk for saying that, that the kingdom of God is just those places, material and immaterial, where what God wants to happen actually happens, where, where what God desires becomes reality. The kingdom of God is not something that has physical boundaries. It's not like you can draw a line in the sand and say, here's the kingdom, this is outside the kingdom. The kingdom of God is simply all of those places, material and immaterial, in which God says, this is what I desire, and then that actually happens. So we have an opportunity to, to participate in the kingdom of God when we align our will with God's will. When we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, what we're asking is, is that, that heaven would come to earth. This is a prayer that, that what's happening in heaven would happen here on earth. You see, everything that's happening in heaven right now is, is happening exactly the way that God wants it to happen. Heaven is a place that's full of, of love, joy, and peace. It's full of, of righteousness, justice, and truth. It's full of angels and saints that are worshiping God with every fiber of their being. All of that is happening in heaven right now. That's the kingdom of God in full. When we pray that kingdom come, we're praying that those things that are all in the will of God would happen here on earth as well. That's the kingdom of heaven. When Jesus came, and just earlier in Matthew, Matthew chapter 4, 17, Jesus he calls people to repent, and he says, for the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is at hand. What Jesus is saying is that when he came to earth, he brought the kingdom of God to earth, in part. He brought love, joy, and peace to earth. He brought righteousness, justice, and truth to earth, in part. Not in full, but in part. He, he, he brought the kingdom. And so when we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, we are praying that that kingdom that Jesus brought would continue to advance, that it would continue to, to take ground, that it would continue to, 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 to penetrate our hearts and to penetrate this world so that more and more of ourselves and more and more of this world come under the reign and rule of God. That's what we're asking when we pray this prayer. And that is a powerful, powerful prayer to be able to pray in the midst of the brokenness that we see in our world. Let me back up just a minute. Uh, when, when we think about the Lord's Prayer, 
uh, when we think about these, these requests that, uh, that Jesus has given us, th- these are, Jesus gives us this prayer in part as words that we can actually pray, which we've done together this morning, but also as a, as a template, as a pattern that we can take so that we can pray similar and even more specific prayers that, that capture the, the, the sense of what Jesus is talking about and, and apply them to our lives and our context in specific ways. And so I want to give us three different prayers this morning that, that we could pray that kind of capture the heart of thy kingdom come, thy will be done, and put it in our context today. Okay, one, one of these prayers is going to be a prayer that the kingdom of God would invade our hearts more, that, that, that God would, would, would penetrate our hearts at a deeper level. Another prayer is going to be a prayer that, that the kingdom of God would come and invade this world to a, to a greater degree. And the third prayer is going to be a prayer that heaven would literally come to earth. This first prayer that we can pray goes like this. May I develop the character of Christ. May I develop the character of Christ. This is a prayer that the kingdom of God, the kingdom of, he- of heaven, would invade your heart, would take over would take over more territory in your heart, that that God would sit on the throne of our hearts and that he would reign over more and more and more of our actions, of our thoughts, of our words, of our decisions. We're praying that our lives would begin to look like the life of Jesus, that our words would be like his words, that our actions and our thoughts would be like his actions and thoughts to a greater and greater degree. This is what it looks like to develop the character of Christ. The other day I was driving home uh, and I was turning onto El Camino and, and I needed, I, w- I was turning right and about half a block later I needed to turn left. So I had to do one of those, you know, like cut across three lanes of traffic to get in the left lane so you can turn left. And it was, it was during rush hour so there was some traffic but I, I found an opening in the traffic. And so I start to pull out. The problem is that the car that I was pulling behind was going as slow as molasses. I started slowing down as soon as I pulled out. The car that I was pulling in front of apparently was in a hurry to get somewhere. So I'm kind of watching this happen. Like, I got to get out behind this car that's going slow. And this car is getting closer and closer. He was really a long ways away, but still he like sped up and like swerved around me and honked, you know, just to make a point. The first thing I do, you know, lay on the horn. The old lady in front of me like jumps in her car. I'm like, so sorry. Like my, my first thought is, that was very unnecessary. <laughs> right? I, I should not have done that. What, what would it look like in that instance to, to show the character of Christ? It, it would be more than just refraining from laying on the horn, right? That, that, that's not exactly the problem. That's not the only problem. You see, when, when we when we reduce the Christian life to, to just kind of a, a set of actions that we do or don't want to do, that's, that's just legalism, right? That's not the gospel. That's not the kingdom of God. That's just, oh, oh, don't do this bad thing. Instead, do this good thing. That's not developing the character of Christ. To develop the character of Christ is to be the kind of people, to become the kind of people who find ourselves just naturally doing the things that Jesus does. That we develop the same habits and patterns so that the actions and words of Christ just flow out of us as they flowed out of him. So when I was in my car, to have the character of Christ would have been something like 
my first impulse in that moment is not to land the horn, but actually look for ways to exercise patience and grace, right? Just naturally. This, this it happens over time. It doesn't happen overnight. This takes years and years to develop the character of Christ, but we need to ask God to do this in us. And so we pray, may I develop the character of Christ. Would the love of God, would the kingdom of God so invade my heart and my life that my life just begins to look like Jesus and that the life of Jesus flows out of my life? We want to we wanna come to look like Jesus. We want to come to be like Jesus, to think and act like he did so that we can reach out to this world in his love. And so we pray, may I develop the character of Christ, a prayer that the kingdom of God would invade our hearts to a greater and greater degree. But we don't just want to ask that the kingdom would invade our hearts and our lives. We also want to ask that that the kingdom would invade this world, that, that the kingdom of God would take over more and more ground in this world. And so here's a prayer that gets at that. It says, may the values of heaven become the realities of earth. May the values of heaven become the realities of earth. Right? The, 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 the values of heaven, things like love, joy, peace, righteousness, justice, and truth, these, the, these things that flow out of the very character of God and are lived out uh, completely in heaven at every moment, would those values more and more begin to characterize the world that we live in? That's what we're asking when we pray this prayer. It's a prayer that that earth would begin to look like heaven, that that heaven in that way would come down to earth. There there are so many places in this world that do not display the values of heaven. There, There are so many places in this world where the will of God is not currently being done. And, and this is not an assault on God's sovereignty. Right? God is certainly able to do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, however he wants. And yet in his sovereignty, he has chosen not to enforce his will in this world right now at all times in all places. But when we pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done, what we're asking is God, would you now in the midst of this broken world, would you make those, those values of heaven realities on earth? Would you take more and more ground here in this world so that injustice is replaced with justice, so that hate is replaced with love, so that, that disunity is replaced with unity. We think of something like racism, right? God hates racism. There is no racism in heaven, right? In heaven, Nobody is, is discriminated against or, or treated poorly or marginalized because of the color of their skin. Here in this world, that's not the case. Here in Palo Alto, that's not the case. There are racist people. There are racist systems. These are systems and people who are operating outside of the kingdom of God. They're not displaying the values of heaven in, in, in their lives and in this world. So when we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, we're asking that that God would take this value in heaven of love, of of self-giving love, 
of, uh, of dignity, human dignity, of compassion, and that he would make it a reality on earth so that those things that are broken would be healed. That the kingdom of God would take more and more ground so that this world begins to look more and more like heaven. When we pray this prayer, we're, we're asking that God would come and make his will a reality so that slaves are freed, so that addiction is broken, so that those who are outside would be brought inside, so that, that hate would be replaced with love. We're praying that this world would begin to look more and more like heaven. And so we pray that, that we would develop the character of Christ we pray that this world would begin to look more like heaven. But the crazy thing is that as much as we pray that, we know that in this lifetime, those prayers will never be fully answered. It will never be the case until Jesus comes back that this world looks just like heaven, that God's will would be done in every place at all times. And so that leads us to a third prayer that we can pray, which is very simply, come Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. The book of Revelation, the apostle John has this vision. And in this vision, at the end of it, the end of the book, we see the new heaven and the new earth coming down. We see Jesus sitting on his throne, radiating glory so much that there's no sun because God just lights up the place. And John has this vision. It's like this visceral encounter and at the end of that, the prayer that John prays is, come, Lord Jesus. Jesus, would you come back quickly? Would you, bring the heaven, would you bring the kingdom of heaven literally to earth? Would you come back and take over all of the ground here? So this world doesn't just reflect your kingdom in part, but so that every inch of this world is a part of the kingdom of heaven. That's the prayer that John prays, and that's the prayer that he, that he teaches us to pray. So that the, the extent of, of God's effective will, the range of God's effective will, would cover every inch of space here on earth. That in every place, at every time, in every corner of the world, exactly what God wants to happen is what will happen. Jesus, would you come back? Would you come back and heal this world, restore this world, and bring your kingdom so that we can be with you here forever. These three prayers that get at the idea, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. May I develop the character of Christ. May the values of heaven become the realities of earth. Come, Lord Jesus. These are powerful, powerful prayers to be able to pray in the face of the brokenness that we see here. But, but I have to give a little note here, a little bit of a disclaimer, uh, lest I be guilty of pastoral malpractice. You see, because here's the thing. When we pray this prayer, we are praying for war. Think about this, okay? Think about this. Thy kingdom come, okay? What happens when a kingdom comes? It gets violent, Right? Because a kingdom is not stepping into a void, the kingdom of God is stepping into the kingdom of Satan, right? If it's not the kingdom of God, it's the kingdom of the evil one. And so when we pray, thy kingdom come, 
We are praying that God's kingdom would come in force against a kingdom that's here. When we pray thy kingdom come, we are praying assault against the kingdom of Satan. We are praying assault against evil regimes that would oppress women and children. We are praying assault against a system that allows for millions of unborn babies to be killed every year. We are praying assault against addiction. We are praying assault against an industry that turns women into objects for men's sexual gratification. We are praying assault against the disunity that is tearing apart our country and our churches. We are praying for battle. So we better be ready if we're gonna pray this prayer for things to get harder before they get better. We better pray for things to get a little bit rocky because if the kingdom, is co- if the kingdom of God is gonna come, it might get a little rocky. But here's the thing. When we pray this prayer, when we step into battle, we do not go into battle alone. We go with the one who sat in a garden just hours before he knew he was gonna be crucified hours before he knew he was gonna die the most painful death imaginable, hours before he knew that he was gonna bear the the punishment for the, the sins of the world on his shoulders. And in the face of that, with full knowledge of what was coming, he prayed, not my will, but yours be done. He submitted himself to the will of the Father and he went to the cross for us. And as he did, he defeated sin and death. He broke the power of the grave. He's still coming back to finish what he started, but on that cross, he won the war. There's there's still a battle to fight. There's still conflict. This is still a place where, where Satan has a presence and where he has some power. But the war has been won. And so as we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. As we step into battle, we step into battle with the one who has gone before us and who promises to go with us. We can go with confidence. We can pray this prayer with confidence and hope, knowing that that the victory has been won. We know how the story ends. We know that Jesus is coming back to set things right, to heal and restore and renew this creation. And until then, we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I want, you to, ask, I want to ask you to take out your phones uh, and go to pbc.org slash poll. You're going to have an, uh, a chance to answer a question there. Before I, I prompt you for this question, I just want to recognize that as we, as we come here this morning, we come from all kinds of different places. Right, with, with all kinds of different experiences. Some of us woke up this morning and, and our hearts were pounding from the anxiety and stress that we're experiencing. Some of us here today, we, we've already had a fight with our spouse and we've yelled at our kids. Some of us got drunk last night just to, to numb the pain. Right, we, we come from all different kinds of places with all different kinds of experiences all different manifestations of the the brokenness in this world. So I wanna ask you to to think a little bit about where where are you experiencing brokenness? Where are you experiencing 
pain. Where, where in your life, or as you think about this world, where is that place where you say, something is terribly wrong? And then I want to invite you to pray this prayer that we've been looking at together this morning, but to fill it in with your specific request. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in blank as it is in heaven, right? in Afghanistan, in my marriage, in the lives of my kids, whatever it is that comes to mind for you, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in this place of brokenness as it is in heaven. If you just want to, to, to pray this prayer to the Lord, that's great. If you want to fill in your response on that poll, we're going to, uh, in, in a few moments, we're going to pray over these burdens that we bring today. The band's going to lead us in one more song, and then uh, we're going to lift these requests to the Lord. So let's just bow our hearts before the Lord as we